Hey, welcome, everybody. Uh, good to see you. Good to be together with you. My name is Ben, one of the pastors uh, here, and uh, great to have you with us uh, tonight. Hey, I got to ask, uh, anybody excited about the big game uh, later on tonight? Yeah. Uh, how many of you think the Brewers are going to win this one? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, good, good, good. I hope you're uh, right. And uh, it's really, really exciting, and uh, it's exciting here, too, at, at River Glen right now. You may not know River Glen is now a uh, multi-site church, and uh, what that means is that we're one church, one family, meeting in, in multiple locations. And so on the other side of the camera uh, this weekend, we'll have the, uh, the great, great people of the uh, River Glen Pewaukee and River Glen Online, and uh, we're just really excited to extend our outreach in that way. So two weeks ago, we began this series called Fixer Upper, uh, to renovate. Uh, rebuild and renew our relationships. And the reason is because 2,000 years ago, somebody asked Jesus this question. What is the greatest command? And here's what Jesus said. He said, uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and prophets hang on these two commandments. Jesus says life is all about relationships. It's about loving God and it's about loving other people. And by the way, you know what? You can't really do number one without doing number two. Because part of loving God is loving other people that, that he created in his uh, uh, image. And uh, that's why we began this series, uh, Fixer Upper, on renovating uh, relationships. Because over time, uh, wouldn't you agree? I mean, relationships need uh, work. Uh, they need they need care. Left to themselves, without any effort, okay, uh, do relationships get better or do they get uh, worse? They, they don't get better, do they? Relationships need a lot of care and attention and work. Now, a little over a year ago, uh, Marnie and I bought a, uh, a fixer-upper. We bought a home that was built in the, the 70s and everything in it was pretty much original. And just like all homes over time, it needs restoring, and renewing and renovating. And so over the course of the last 15 months, I mean, we've had a bunch of different construction people come into our home. We've had demo people, masonry people, drywallers, painters, carpenters, plumbers, electricians, carpet installers, tree trimmers. And here's what I can tell you about our construction crew, okay? Most of them did a fantastic job. Most of them got it right the first time. A few of them needed two or three opportunities to get it right. Most of them showed up on time. A few of them showed up late or not at all. Most of them we would definitely use again. A few of them, probably not. And so here's what I've learned this past year as it relates to all of this, and it has direct application to renovating relationships. And it's that the quality of the construction rests on the commitment of the crew. The quality of the construction rests on the commitment of the crew. You are a product of the relational construction crew in your life. I'm the result. I'm the product of the relational construction crew in my life. Your kids, your grandkids are a product of the relational construction crew in their lives. And that's why we need to get ourselves and we need to get our kids around the right crew. Look at this scripture here from uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. It says, therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you're doing. Notice the construction language, the renovation language. The assumption is that 
you can't be all that God wants you to be. I can't be all that God wants me to be without people in my life building me up and encouraging me. And that's why I want to urge everyone to take advantage of some opportunities that we have for you. Uh, this Sunday in Pewaukee, we've got, we've got Group Link, which is a great way to get connected to a group of people, to build into each other and encourage each other. And if you haven't already attended the Welcome to River Glen lunch, we've got one coming up next Sunday in Pewaukee and then both campuses in November. And we would love the opportunity to explain to you and tell you more about how River Glen can build into your life and encourage you and help you renovate your life. And then coming up in November, we've got parent-child dedication, which is a great opportunity for parents to make a commitment to build your family on the foundation of the love and faithfulness of Jesus Christ. Just fill out that uh, welcome card and drop it off at the, uh, at the uh, Welcome Center if you're interested in any of these opportunities because we can't do this alone. We need, we all need a crew. Remember, the quality of the construction rests on the commitment of the crew. So here's what I want to do in this message today. I want to focus on putting a great construction team around kids, around children. And please understand, this message is not just for parents, not just for grandparents, because it'll require all of us working together to build kids who grow up to love and serve and follow Jesus Christ. Now, to get us thinking about uh, developing and, and raising kids uh, the right way, I want to share with you some tried and true advice, okay? And uh, this is gonna be really practical for those of you that are parents and uh, grandparents, but it's also helpful for any of us who have children in our lives. How about this uh, timeless truth uh, right here? Uh, I mean, in this, in this correct, for, for a better start in life, start cola earlier, right? Nothing like filling kids with processed sugar, right? To get them off to a great start. Or how about this one right here? Isn't this just common sense? Look at this, kids need the energy that candy gives. I mean, I tried for years to uh, convince my mom about that when I was growing up. And then finally, my favorite piece of parenting advice, when all else uh, fails, just go ahead and give kids a beer. Yeah, it says young and uh, beneficial to young and uh, old. Can you believe that uh, this is, this is uh, actual stuff? I mean, real stuff. Uh, these are actual advertisements. But I, I want to make sure that we all know that uh, this is not good advice, okay? Please do not do this. I don't want anybody leaving here saying my pastor advocates underage drinking, okay? That's crazy. No, 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 no. So how about instead we look to God's word for wisdom when it comes to the development of children? Because we made a commitment together as a church to work alongside parents like a construction crew to grow and develop children into the people that God created them and called them to be. So this message, it's for all of us. Aunts, uncles, grandmas, grandpas, uh, those who volunteer with kids, and those who have friends with kids. And I think that pretty much sums up everybody uh, here. Now, when it comes to the development of children, many people will quote this famous verse. Here's what it says. Start children off on the way they should go, and even when they're old, they will not turn from it. Now, show of hands, how many of you have heard uh, some version of that verse uh, before in, in your life? Yeah, quite a few of you. This verse challenges us to really be intentional about investing in children during those formative years. But we've got to remember something. This is a proverb, not a promise. It, it's our responsibility 
to look uh, to God for wisdom when it comes to raising kids, but there's no guarantees, there's no certainties that the kids that we love will choose the way they uh, should go. But there are steps we can take that uh, will give them a much better chance of finding the right path. And so let's take a look at an encounter that Jesus had with his followers and some children. As uh, Jesus and his disciples traveled from place to place, they come to the town of Capernaum. And the followers closest to Jesus, they get in this argument, this debate, about which one of them is the uh, greatest. And I would imagine Jesus rolls his eyes because he realizes, you know what, they just don't get it. But look at what happens next. Jesus has this interesting interaction with his followers involving uh, children. Let's pick it up here in Mark chapter 9. Sitting down, Jesus called the twelve and said, Anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. He took a little child whom he placed among them. Taking the child into his arms, he said to them, Whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me does not welcome me but the one who sent me. And so remember the context. His followers argue about which one of them is greatest. And Jesus flips it around, and he says, the path to greatness. We all know the path to greatness. The path is to welcome a child in my name. Now, you got to understand something. In that culture, they marginalized children. Children had no power no status, few, if any, rights. They treated children as second class. It's, it's not their parents didn't necessarily care about their kids. They just didn't view childhood as an honored stage of life. They only valued childhood as a training ground for adulthood. They viewed children as far less important than adults. And so Jesus places a young child in front of his disciples. And he says, you want to be great? You want to know what greatness looks like? It's not about power. It's not about status or position. This is what it's about. You welcome and make room for a child in your life. That, that, that's what greatness looks like. And he, and, and he says, I want you to become the kind of people who welcome children. Reminds me of something that uh, Wes Stafford wrote in his book, Too Small to Ignore. He wrote these words, every child you encounter is a divine appointment. Think about that. Every child you encounter is a divine appointment. So what does it look like to welcome a child? If every child that we encounter is a divine appointment, what does it look like for us to welcome children the way that Jesus welcomes children? Well, I think the first way to welcome a child is to embrace a child. Embrace a child. I love what this passage says that Jesus took the child into his arms. But more than just physical affection, I think Jesus is making a statement here about the important role that children would play in his life. Jesus was a champion of children. And Jesus tells us to embrace our role in kids' life. Kids' lives. They're not an add-on. They're not an interruption. They're not just a life in enhancement, and there will absolutely be times when children need our full attention. He tells us to make children a priority, and I want you to notice something very important here. Who's he talking to? He's not talking to parents. He's, 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 he gives this teaching to his disciples, to his followers, and to all of us gathered here today. Jesus tells us to embrace our role and join a construction crew. 
when it comes to the children that God places in our, in our lives. In her, books, uh, in, her, in her book, Sticky Faith, author Kara Powell explains that it's crucial for kids to have adults other than parents as people of influence. You ever thought about that? In, in fact, research shows that every kid needs five adults other than parents who will have a positive influence in their lives. Five adults other than parents who will have a positive influence in their lives. Kara Powell calls this the five-to-one ratio. And so if you're a parent, you need to think about what are some ways I can connect my kid to other adults who will speak truth and worth into their life. How can I put my kids in, in places where they can be around five other adults who will have a positive influence in the way they should go? And if you're someone who has children in your life, who are not your own, ask, how can I uh, take advantage of the opportunity to encourage and celebrate and bless the kids in, in my life? Yeah. You, you think about it. Think about it. You could, you could be one of these five people in the life of a, of a child. How cool would that be? A couple of weeks ago, I talked a little bit about my parents and how grateful I am that I had a mom and dad that were such a positive influence in my life. But I also had some great uh, five-to-one people God put in my life as a child, and some of them actually attend River Glen. Uh, for example, I have an amazing aunt, uh, Kathleen. Some of you may know her. She attends River Glen, sits right over here, usually at the 9 o'clock service on, on Sunday. Now, Kathleen is, is definitely on the construction crew for our three kids. Our, our kids love Kathleen. But long ago, many years ago, Kathleen really embraced her role on my construction crew, when I was a child, I remember, I remember I spent a lot of time with her when I was a little kid. She would uh, read books to me. She's very creative. She's a retired art teacher. And this was my favorite one uh, right here. She introduced this book to me, and I bet we read this, uh, I bet I read it a hundred times, Where the Wild Things Are. Love that story. And uh, she would take me on fun trips. She took me, I remember she took me to an ice cream parlor in Cedarburg one time. I remember another trip, uh, she took me to Chicago, downtown Chicago, and we toured the art museum. We went to the top of the John Hancock building. I remember those trips because there's something special as a kid to have another adult take interest in you. When you're a kid, I mean, you know your, your parents are supposed to, you know, take care of you and, and have an interest in you. But when someone else does it, it has like 10 times the impact. And it not only means a lot to the child, it means a lot to the parent of the child that you are embracing. Here's two more people that embraced me as a, as a child. I was in the lobby a, a couple weeks ago and took this picture with Ray and Betty McClanahan. I grew up, my family uh, attended a church in West Dallas, and uh, Ray was an elder in the church. And Betty worked in the children's department. She was my Sunday school teacher when I was a little kid. She is a fantastic teacher. Betty loves scripture. I remember when I was a little kid, we had a uh, summer program called VBS. VBS stands for Vacation uh, Bible School. But one year, I did not want to go. I think I was in fourth or fifth grade, and I was just too cool, you know, for VBS. But my mom made me go, and I was not happy about it. But I remember once I got there, I had a blast, and I didn't want to miss any of it the rest of the week because Betty and her team embraced children and made it so much fun. I mean, many of us 
uh, learned about Jesus as children from Ray and Betty. And I'm just honored that they're part of the River Glen family. I thought of something that I would love for you to, to do if you have the opportunity. If I've ever said anything, if I've ever taught anything, if I've ever prayed anything that's been helpful or meaningful to you, I would love for you to say thank you to Ray and Betty and Kathleen because God used them to develop me, to help raise me. I'm a product. You are a product of the construction crew in your life. And so here's a challenge for each one of us. Embrace the opportunity to impact a child. You can be one of these people. Maybe it means volunteering in our kid life ministry or the edge or slife. You know what? We have countless kids in our church who need a five-to-one person to positively influence their life. And if you want to find out more, just fill out the Connect card and write interested in serving kids or students in the comment section. Take it to the Family Life Wall after the service. Or maybe you become a coach or sponsor a club. Or maybe you become a big brother or a big sister. Kids need five adults outside of their parents on their construction crew. And you could be the one who inspires and encourages the dreams of a future leader, an athlete, an artist, a a mom or a dad. Here's another way we can welcome children like Jesus did, and that is to understand the development of children. Jesus clearly showed sensitivity to the development of children around him because having a positive influence in a child's life, it takes more than time. It takes understanding the seasons and the stages that kids go through as they mature and develop. I did a little bit of research and found several questions the children ask at different stages. Now, now, most of these questions center around uh, the pronoun I because kids are actively developing their identity. For preschoolers, here's, here are the big invisible questions. Am I safe? Am I okay? Am I able? We can help preschoolers develop a sense of security and confidence by setting safe boundaries and affirming good choices and celebrating their accomplishments, like maybe learning how to help set the table or showing qualities like kindness or generosity or compassion that are going to set them up for success at the next stage. For elementary age kids, the questions, the questions become, am I worthy of your attention? Do I have what it takes? Do I have any friends? In this phase, we have the opportunity to affirm what kids are interested in. This means putting down the smartphone, turning off the TV, and asking questions, and really listening, and getting to know children. You become a student of their lives, and you look to expand and broaden their interest and curiosity. If you know a kid that likes sports, maybe you go to the library and check out books on the sport that they enjoy, and you read those together. Even better, maybe you play that sport together. If you know a child that likes to cook, invite them to join you in the kitchen. Look for recipes that you can do together. And if you show interest and ask good questions, you can become one of those five-to-one people in that child's life. When kids enter middle school, these invisible questions become more philosophical, questions like, who am I? Who do I like? Where do I belong? Middle school is just a time of change. 
physically, emotionally, socially, and more than ever, middle school kids need adults who consistently show up in this season to help them navigate and discover their potential. Connecting in the car usually works good with middle school age kids because they can't drive. And so when you take them to and from school or practice or the edge, ask them questions about their day. Ask them how they felt about things that happened and ask them how their friends reacted. And if you're a parent, dinner time is a great time to connect. Studies show that kids who enjoy meals with their families, they have higher levels of self-esteem, larger vocabularies, better manners, and more resilience. Research shows that kids who eat with their families are less likely to drink, take drugs, get pregnant, develop an eating disorder. University of Michigan even found that the amount of meal time that kids share with families is the single best predictor of academic achievement. And if you're not a parent, there's still opportunity here. You can invite a middle schooler to go out for ice cream or go to a concert, or maybe you work on a project together. Ask them about their interest and catch them doing things right. Because if you take time to invest in all these stages as kids grow up, here's the payoff. You might become one of those respected adults in a high schooler's life who can help them through questions that become more abstract. Questions like, why should I believe? How can I matter? What will I do? Kids in this phase may not need you as often, but when they do need you, they need you now. And so get good at listening, asking questions, and affirming their journey during these crucial teenage years because parents, teachers, coaches, employers, life leaders, you are people of influence in a teenager's life. And every child you encounter along the way is a divine appointment. And so don't miss the opportunities this week to bless the kids in your life by understanding the stage or phase that they're going through. Well, there's one more way to welcome kids uh, in, our, in our lives, the way that Jesus welcomed them. And this one may have more impact than any of the others, and that is to model your faith. Model your faith, because kids in every phase of life need to see firsthand the grace and the truth and the hope that a relationship with Jesus offers lived out by real people. And how they see you living this out will have far more impact than any words that we can speak. Look at what Jesus said. Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Kids need to see parents and other adults growing in their faith. They need to see us modeling what it means to talk to God through prayer, to practice generosity toward God and other people through our, our finances and through our time and, and, and resources, and, and to read. They need to see us to reading and, and reflecting on Scripture. You know, I can still picture in my mind my mom reading her Bible. She would often read her, her, her Bible in the, uh, in the evenings. And I can still picture that Bible. She had a, 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 a green hardcover, large print edition of the Living Bible. And she would read from that, but she didn't really talk about it a lot. But her actions uh, spoke loudly to me. And I can still picture in my mind sitting next to my parents in church. Going to church every Sunday was really important to them, and that made a huge impression on me. There's something powerful about parents modeling 
their faith. But you know, some parents make a mistake. Here's what some parents do. They think that they can subcontract the spiritual development of their children to somebody else. They, they think they can outsource the spiritual development of their uh, kids to the church. And so, you know, they go, hey, you know, here's my kids. You, you know, you teach them, you baptize them, you uh, model faith uh, for them, you help them grow, and I'll pick them up when they're 18. But God gives that responsibility primarily to parents. Let me help you visualize something that I think is really important to understand. Sometimes in a construction project, we use bolts to hold, thing to get, hold things together. And so I want you to imagine a bolt here, all right? And the bolt represents 10 hours of time. One bolt equals 10 hours of, of time over the course of a year. Now, do you know what we discover about the most committed families at River Glen? In the best scenario, we get to spiritually develop your kid about 40 hours a year. I mean, think about it. There's 52 weekends of the year. And, uh, you know, you, you miss some. You know, you, you, you maybe get sick. Maybe you travel. Maybe you're on vacation. Uh, sometimes you skip church. In the best scenarios, we get your kids 40 hours a year. And in many cases, it's far less. Now, if your kids are average, they're going to spend 400 hours a year on, on math. They're going to spend 500 hours a year playing video games. And they'll spend about eight to nine hours a day in front of a screen of, of some kind. And at church, we get them for 40 hours. Now, how much time do you think you get with them as a family? How much time do you get to spiritually influence your kids? It's not 40 hours a year. It's not 100 hours. not 500 hours. not 1,000 hours. It's not 2,000 hours. You get to spiritually influence your kids at home. Look at that. 3,000 hours a year. I want you to see the difference there. Church, uh, 40 hours a year. Home, 3,000 hours a year. So by far, you have the greatest opportunity to spiritually influence your kids. Research shows that parents' spiritual involvement with kids, just at an average level, you don't have to be extraordinary at this. You just read to them. You pray together before meals. You talk to them about how God's working in your life. You attend church together regularly, just simple things like that, are far more effective in the spiritual development of kids than the greatest children's ministry or student ministry in the world because they, say, they see real faith lived out in you. And that's why God gives parents responsibility for the spiritual development of children. Now, having said that, Marnie and I, we feel just extremely grateful that we never had to do this alone. River Glen Church has made a huge impact in the lives of our three children. We've always had a quality construction crew. We feel like we've always had a quality construction crew around our kids because of this church. And so parents and grandparents, I want you to know this church is committed to partnering with you, to team up with you, and make heroic efforts in captivating and challenging your kids to develop their own faith in Jesus. And so if I were you, I would make every effort I could to make sure my kids benefit from every opportunity that River Glen Church offers children and students. And this is one of the best places 
for your kids to see your faith in action. When we gather together like this, they see us celebrating God through worship and prayer. They see us growing in understanding through biblical teaching. They learn the importance of biblical community, watching us connect in life groups. And they see us modeling what it means to contribute by giving generously and serving on the arts team or the first impressions team or the kid life team or any one of the serve teams in our church. One of the best ways to model your faith is to make weekend services a priority. And if I can just push you just a little bit on this, it needs to be a priority every week, if at all possible. They need to see that consistency. And the reason isn't to grow church attendance. This is about growing your family spiritually. And it's not just for your own kids. Other kids need to see you and your kids here. Never underestimate the power of your kids seeing you live out your faith. Kids matter to Jesus. Jesus took time to welcome them and embrace them. And every one of us has a role to play on the construction crew of a kid that God places in our life. Recently, a family in our, in our church welcomed a new child into their family named Ruby. Ruby lived in an orphanage in China. Steve and Janelle Olson sat down with us and uh, shared their story and uh, how it relates to Unfinished. Some of you may not know that Unfinished is an initiative we began a couple of years ago that's allowed us to start several new ministries, including the new Pewaukee campus. Each weekend, we're going to share a story uh, with you as we move toward the culmination of Unfinished in December. God has used Unfinished to grow us in so many ways. Take a look. I'm Janelle Olson, and this is Steve Olson, and we've been coming to River Glen for 13 years. Janelle serves in the kid life area of church, and I serve in the arts and a few other areas too, once in a while, try to fill in as needed. But Starting in the Red Sea Cafe too. Very Bye. soon, yeah. coming to the Red Sea Cafe. <laughs> when we started Unfinished two years ago, we we're already on a journey toward adopting our youngest child. And at that time, we took a big step out to you know, contribute as much as we could to the Unfinished Initiative. And it wasn't until we had to start paying adoption fees and bills that it became a little bit more of a stretch for us. We found out really quick how expensive it was to adopt especially internationally. So when we chose our commitment for Unfinished, we had the set amount. We go to the event in Milwaukee, and I was so excited, I said, let's do more. <laughs> so we um, pledged for more, and we, we've, been, we've been doing well. And the past couple months, we've had, uh, it's been a little bit more of a struggle. Um, our trust in God over the past two years, I think it's really grown. I think with the whole adoption process and being matched with Ruby and then going to China, taking all our children and going on the trip and getting Ruby, it's just, it's, it's amazing. She's amazing, she's beautiful. Finances just didn't matter at that point. I don't know that we ever had any real hardcore doubts, but we just trusted that God would take care of the little things and, and the big things too, and he, and he has. 
We had one friend that actually gave us her entire work bonus. We were just blown away by that. And she prayed about that bonus and she sent us a message while we're in China saying, God told me I need to give that entire bonus for Ruby and our family. It, it just was another perfect example of how God is providing for us and for this new adventure that we're on. When it comes to Unfinished and what, what it's about, you have a portion of it that has to do with giving financially. But I think Unfinished is so much more because with our older three children, we've seen them grow a lot through Unfinished. Unfinished has really impacted all of our lives. We've really grown closer to God and Jesus. Adoption, that started with Stephen Curtis Chapman. Right here at River <laughs> right Glen. Right at River Glen, yep. His concert, we took the kids, and when we got home, they, they definitely felt that we needed to do something about the children that did not have a home. It was a team effort uh, for the most part. Audrey really started off at the Stephen Curtis Chapman concert. That's really when it triggered my idea that I need to start like bringing it up a lot so we could start adopting and just um, kind of save one little girl's life. As Unfinished comes to a close, I think I'm, I'm excited to kind of see what comes next. <laughs> um, it's, there has been so many wonderful changes since we've started coming here and it's, it's great being involved in all of them and now having the children older and them being involved with it. My heart is, is full being able to see my kids up on stage and leading worship in their youth groups. They've all been baptized here. I mean, as a parent, it doesn't really get much better than that. You know, that they've made a conscious effort to follow God and, and try to allow Him to be the Lord of their life. And that's, that's probably the biggest blessing. Thank you, Unfinished. Isn't that a great story? Yeah. Let's give him a hand. Appreciate Steve and, and Janelle and, and, uh, and their family uh, sharing that with us on, on video. And uh, Ruby has a great construction crew uh, that loves her very much. Uh, her future is, is bright. I mean, what if, what if everybody here decided to welcome, I mean, the children that God's placed in our life by embracing them, understanding them, and modeling faith for them, we would change this world in one single generation. Remember, every child you encounter is a divine appointment. Before I pray, I want to just take a moment, and I want to ask some of you to, to do something. If you, if you work with kids who are not your own, if you work with kids in, in any way on a regular uh, basis, would you, would you please just stand up just for a moment? Maybe you serve in kid life or the edge or slife. Maybe you're a, a teacher, a coach, a volunteer. Maybe you've adopted. Maybe you provide uh, foster care. If you work with kids in any way on, on a regular basis, would you just stand up for a moment? And uh, let's give it up for these people. Thank you. Thank you so much. You can go ahead and be seated. Let me pray. 
God, I thank you for this teaching from Jesus about welcoming children. And help us to remember that when we welcome children, we are welcoming not just them, we are welcoming you. And help us, God, to embrace and understand and and model faith in you because there's no better investment that we can make as parents, as individuals, as a church than investing in children and students. Thank you for the many people in this church who give their time and resources and faithfulness to to make all these ministries happen in our church. I pray that many others here will join these high-impact teams that serve children and students here. And I pray that the kids growing up in our homes, the kids growing up in this church will be captivated with your love, challenged to follow you with devoted hearts. God, we're, we're honored to be part of a construction crew in one way or another, and we commit ourselves to that role. And it's in Jesus' name, amen.